Equity work is framed as a necessary burden. But we believe that it's work worth doing. This podcast is all about how to reframe equity work from just fighting injustice to building worth that brings justice, meaning the needs of everyone. Worth, worth. Desmond Spann, aka the Lux of Light, getting right on the mic, teaching life with that worth, worth. The imaginer, genius awakener, educator in the art of contemplating worth, worth. Podcast for teachers in the class to focus on the heart of the craft. Worth, worth. Reframe from the blame and the shame and the What's pain good, and the people? stain Cause we came Welcome from that work, work. This episode of the Worth Work Podcast I am Desmond Spann Thank you for tuning in We got a bonus episode for you today This is the ungrading episode Jesse was really curious about my ungrading practices And just wanted to uh, know more about it So we decided that we should uh, include an episode where I just kind of break down what I do. Um, it's a work in progress, just like <laughs> a lot of things that I do. Um, but I think there'll be some benefit for those who want to uh, stop using grades to use have power over students, but actually increase learning. So let's sit back, let's relax, and let's get into it. Coming live and direct, my friend, this is the Worth Work Podcast. We are getting into the topic of ungrading today, looking at revamping how we do school. Yes, I've been doing ungrading for a couple years. This is year two in it. Started in the distance virtual teaching and decided just to keep it going because of the uh, really just the whole bunch of benefits. So glad to share my hard fought wisdom on it <laughs> yes i'm excited to interview ask you some questions about it and i think this will be a practical implication of the whole notion of how can we do school differently this is one practical way to do it okay so there's a, a famous music artist I, I forget his name it has to do with the direction east west north something like that but he he talked about having a class that's we have history class but why don't we have future class <laughs> You know, so you're kind of teaching the way of the future here with the ungrading. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. How did the need for ungrading come up in your teaching practice? Two words, burnt out. <laughs> I have heard that that phrase before. Yeah, yeah. I have felt that phrase before. Yeah. Uh, Raise your hand if you're listening and you have felt <laughs> burnt out. I see that hand. I see that hand. All the hands going up right now. Um, Me and grading have always kind of had like a you know, very rocky relationship. We want there to be an objective measurement of learning. Yeah. However, when you like really start diving deep into just like what learning is, at least for me, it became apparent that like the learning experience is inherently a personal one. And there's no real way for me to know actually what a student has learned. I know what they can choose to show. Mm -hmm. I know what they choose to do. And then from what I observe, from what they show, do, and communicate, I can then make a judgment that they've learned something. But the actual experience of them really internalizing that and, and making that connection is ultimately theirs. So that's the kind of a deep philosophical place that I come from it. On the practical level, during the distance learning you know, just started in chaos, essentially, and we, we adjusted as, as a school system does. 
And it's just in that year, I just, just got really tired of like, okay, I want to have conversations with students about skills and knowledge as it relates to English language arts. And all we end up emailing and talking about was, you know, their grade. What's my grade? Right. What's my grade? Exactly. I would have ideas for like how to improve their skills and improve their knowledge, like assignments, things I can ask them to do. But then I would be like, well, then how am I going to grade it? So I noticed like I'm holding back creative ideas and insights that could really make a difference, or at least I think can make a difference in what they experience based on the fact that I don't want to grade it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if that if I'm not going to grade it, then what's the incentive for them to do it? It just led to this point of like, well, I'm giving them less than my best creative thinking because I'm trying to manage my workload of all the things I would have to grade. And then when we do the little tricks of like, all right, well, I'm going to make you think I'm going to grade this, even though I'm actually grading just a small piece of it. Like to me, that didn't feel right. Didn't feel authentic. Yeah, it's not authentic to who I am because my word is my bond. So if yeah. I if I like say, hey, I'm going to look at this. I have all full intentions of looking at it. So I I definitely can't say I'm going to look at this knowing full well I'm not going to look at it. Like that, that's an energy draining thing for me. So I hear you. So it just got to a point where it's just like, I'm not doing my best work Mm. and I'm not liking the, the, the dynamics that it creates amongst students with myself. Yeah. And I also don't like just the effects that it creates on students. Yeah. And I didn't like my relationship, like looking back with grades in my mm. school experience. Yeah. I could navigate the system. I got the A's, the B's, the pressure from my folks to have the A. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it, I missed out on a lot of growing and human experiences because of the stress of grades. Right. I have this idea, but I don't know if I could do it to yeah. an A level. I'm curious about this. Yeah. I'm not good at it yet. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to stick to what I know we'll get the A. Right. I know what my teacher is looking for to get the A. Mm-hmm. Or I know what, yeah. No matter how I would try to create a system to try to promote that kind of action and thought from students, as long as I had the power to evaluate their work and have real outcomes for them, they were always trying to figure out like, you know, the cheat code to get the A. Yeah. And not actually yeah, yeah, yeah. learn yeah, <laughs> and exactly. engage in the, in the so, act of it. So it's like what I hear you saying is that you were recognizing that grading was preventing a depth of learning mm-hmm. to happen. Like for genius to awaken, mm-hmm. to like really get into some of the meat of, of learning was being per, is being prevented by grading. Yeah. And I want to be very clear when I say grading. I mean, like when you get a whole bunch of papers or assignments in, and then the only feedback you're giving is a number or a letter. Yeah. Right. That's not feedback. That's or a just, check mark. Or, or a like, check mark. Right. Yeah, like yeah. they can't do anything with that. Yeah. And so there was a lot of work coming in just to put these check marks into the system. Yeah. Time. Time, energy. And then it's like the things that I would want to say, hey, this is why you got this. This is the feedback. I don't have the energy to give you that feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To write, to put it on the uh, uh, on the paper. And then we all know that I could write feedback on the paper, but because 
they are so trained, all they're concerned about is the end result and not the feedback. Yeah. Right. So it's like not yes, the process. Right. Kind of like like you said, the cheat code. Mm-hmm. You're just getting to the end of the game, the process. Right. Yes. Yeah. So how would you describe, um, you know, for a teacher who's never heard of ungrading or a student who's never heard of ungrading, anyone listening out there, mm-hmm. how would you describe it? You're not grading. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how I describe it. Boom, like simple. Yeah. Like you're, Moving you're on. not okay. <laughs> concerned with assigning a qualitative value represented by, you know, the letters A through F or the numbers zero to 100% or whatever point. Nothing is going from um, getting converted into a letter or a number, right? The feedback that you give is specific to what you see in the work. So it's like, again, I'm, I'm not in math, but I'll give a math example, right? So like in math, you got 10 problems, you get one problem wrong. Obviously people can calculate the percentage, but instead of you even putting a, you know, it's like, hey, I want you to look at problem number seven and talk to me about your process here. Or, you know, it's like, let's talk about problem number seven, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Did I get it wrong? Maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you didn't get it wrong. If you got it wrong, let's talk about it so that you can learn through the mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. That's huge right there. Yeah. It's like mistakes are being necessary. Right. Like instead of like marked down, like, oh, I got some red ink. Right. Like students even say this, you know, mistakes are necessary for learning. Right. But if you're afraid to make mistakes, how are you actually going to learn? If you're trying to get an A 100 percent, trying to be perfect and you're not willing to make mistakes and mistakes are the best way to learn. Yeah. How are you actually learning? Yeah. So like in your class, how how is this process facilitate like how do you facilitate this process as a teacher all right so again for me because i'm very like okay in the messiness of of it because i'm step one be okay with the (laughs) the chaos yeah i think i think some degree of messiness you have to be okay with so there's what i'm actually doing that's kind of like evolving out of my practice in it and then there's like you know some of the things that I i would want to change as I got further along in it. Right. Okay. So what I actually do is in the very beginning in this particular year, there was like a lot of self-reflection and building I, self-awareness. Yes. Yes. Because again, I do have to turn into grades. So, because, you know, required by, I think law to do so, whatever mm-hmm. contract, whatever it is, something written down basically says I have to turn Protocol. into grade. Yeah. So the grade comes from students. So we do self-evaluation. So they evaluate themselves, assign themselves their own grade based on... Right. So this is based on by the end of the term when it's like, okay, it's it's going down on paper. It'll be based on the work that they've done. Something that I'm now calling like a process portfolio. Process portfolio. Yes. So like I'll ask them to, uh, you know, like, all right, we're going to watch this video, take notes on it. You know, and say you do it in Google Doc or you do it by hand. And this is something that you could probably put in your process portfolio. Mm. And because I would rather document that they're engaging in the class and engaging in the thinking. Right. So that when we go to do the self-evaluations and I say, you know, essentially tell me what knowledge, insights and skills that you've gained from this term or this class. You know, when you go to explain, oh, yeah, I'm able to do this. I'm able to do that. And then I could say, all right. So then what's an example of you engaging in these this new knowledge, insight, and skill. Mm. 
right? And they will have something to show at that point or something to speak about. Now, I am also watching them in class because we do the majority of the work in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some students, like, I see what they're doing and I hear they're having the conversations and they're writing. Like, I see the engagement and I'm seeing the results, you know, that convinced me, convinces me that, like, they're engaged in the process of learning in here. So as long as they are engaged in the process of learning and when I push them, because I do push them to like go further than what they've demonstrated, they stay with it. If they want to give themselves an A based on that, I have no reason to disagree. Mm. Right. Sometimes people, you know, they're like, yeah, they're engaged. They push themselves. Everything that I would ask them to do, they do. And then sometimes they do a little bit more. And then they do the self-evaluation and then they'll be like, oh, yeah, I think I'm at a B. And it's like, ah, I disagree. I think you actually did an A level of mm. engagement. It's kind of participation, yeah. right, from a kind of that traditional idea of it. Okay. But the accountability comes in through, for me, through frequent reflection. Okay. Yeah. So basically, do they have like a rubric that they're like, oh, am I hitting this, that they like grade themselves through? Or is it, how would, like, if I was a student in your hip hop literature or sports journalism class, how would I know... I'm on track to get the A. Is it based just solely on, okay, I've learned this, I've learned this, I've been engaged the whole time, mm -hmm. I get an A? Uh, it starts that way in the beginning. Okay. Right, because we haven't known each other. Yeah. And then over time, it's like I start giving them criteria. Okay. Right? And the criteria, you know, like I'm, I'm just a very verbal teacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a surprise when I like put certain questions into the, the reflection. So I give them guided reflections to do. So I should say that it's not okay, just like guided reflection. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you just reflect and oh yeah, of course I learned. It's like, I, I will have like questions that really probe them to go deep into their experience and communicate something. So they're building self-awareness mm -hmm. to like grade themselves mm -hmm. through criteria, through building this process portfolio. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And the criteria, it's not something I have set in stone. It evolves with what I see and experience teaching them. So you're you're in your own process portfolio. <laughs> yes. Yes. The one hundred percent. Like that's like I have this process where they like post questions to um uh, this service that we're using called Packback, which allows them to it's like focus on inquiry and stuff. So shout out to Packback. Yeah, yeah. Uh they post one question, respond to two. And I say that's minimum, and then I say minimum is average, average is a C. Mm. Because what happens, right? You give them the minimum. So of you're still using that grading language. A little bit yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're still in it, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You're still in it. And so this is the other dance of this thing. I'm like 99.999% sure that like of the teachers that they have, I'm like probably the only one that's doing serious ungrading. Because you're teaching future class. <laughs> yes, future class right here. <laughs> and when I say something like that, right? Yeah. For me, it's just trying to get them to understand. I know you still have this model of what you think a grade is worth. Mm -hmm. And we've trained them with escapism. So the game that they're playing is what's the least I need to do to get the maximum result. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Cheat code. Right. What's the minimum I need to do to get the maximum result? Mm. I give them the minimum and then tell them that the minimum is average. Mm. Right. And so what I'm trying to prime into their brain is if you can do more, do more, because that is what gets you the best results. Go on your path of awakening your. Yes. Yes. So that is criteria. Yeah. And I don't necessarily hit them with that at the beginning. Yeah. Of the, our journey together. I hit it after I've seen 
oh, a number of y'all don't do this stuff fully. Yeah. I give you the minimum. You barely get the minimum done. I keep saying the minimum, you know, hey, you need to do this. And you still just do the even less than what I'm asking when I'm telling you what the minimum is. Yeah. Like for complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to push them, I need them to understand that doing the minimum, right, is average. Yeah. Right. It's not what's going to get you. Right. And that's the point. It's not going to awaken your genius. Right, because it's training at this point, right? Yeah, it's yeah. training them to get into different habits of like, if you want best results in your life, mm -hmm. then you have to do more than just the minimum. Yeah. It reminds me of a poem from M.K. Asante, who's like the author of It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. he, talk, he has this poem called Two Sets of Notes. Mm -hmm. And I take a set of notes to do the minimum, get the grade. But I'm also taking a set of notes of what resonates with me, what makes me feel alive, what I love. Right. And basically what that I'm connecting to what you're saying is like, let's try to take one set of notes here. Like what, like what really makes you like just feel invigorated to learn about? Keep going. Don't just, we're not just doing the minimum. We're not doing the system. We're right. not like doing the minimum to get the, the A. It's right. like, this is your life. Now let's take two bars. Breathe. Align, relax, and shine. This is an invitation to absorb whatever's coming up for you. So let's start with the breath. Long, deep, spacious breaths. come into a state of equilibrium of balance and relax my friend wherever you feel tension just bring relaxation the shoulders the jaw the body, the thoughts, the emotions. Take a moment to relax. And with our breath, our alignment, our relaxation, we can't help but shine. Own your shine, my friend. Right. And when I say the minimum is a C and you still are grading yourself, I'm priming it into your brain. It's like, well, shoot. I want an A, but all I did was the minimum. Yeah. That's the the key. And then when I ask you questions like how did you push yourself? Like in yeah. reflection, I'll ask that. So how did you push yourself this this turn, this this progress report? So the criteria is there because it's in the questions that I'm asking them to reflect on. Yeah, the process. Mm -hmm. So don't do a rubric because again, it's very organic for me. Mm -hmm. And I think probably in the future, let's say I'm 10 years down the road or something doing this ungrading yeah. thing, then like I might have 
because of the various experiences I might have, like, all right, here are some areas and here are some characteristics. Yeah. You know, what I've seen from students who will give themselves A's, this is ten, what they tend to model. Yeah, you might have, model, you might right? have some examples, but you don't, yeah. you know, to be inspired by. Because if I give them a rubric that's just strictly coming from what I think, yeah, it's no different than a rubric. It's just, it's still grading, but just without numbers and letters yeah man i mean what have you seen the benefits so far being like two years in um or and the challenges like let's speak to the benefits and challenges. benefit is i can really spend my time prepping a enriching learning experience mm. because i'm not saddled with having to go over absolutely everything and put numbers on it yeah i can look at their work take it in as a just a human being being like, oh, this is yes. resonating. This is not resonating. And then deliver honest feedback to the student directly or to the class as a whole that's more thoughtful than what I would do in the past when I was grading when I would have just like mm. templated complex, you know, mm. <laughs> comments and just keep saying the same thing over and over. Sometimes it experiences the feedback. Okay. I go and I look at their work and then the, their work inspires like, oh, I should do this. Mm. And so now we're going to do this activity in class. So their work this. helps guide where the next assignment or the next uh, enrichment learning experience. Yes. Because, I mean, I'm very like student-centered and student voice. I have ideas for us to get started, but ultimately I want to wake them up to say, hey, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm confused by. Then I create experiences and provide materials to guide based off where they want to go. Yeah. From where they want to go from a real place, I'm ready to learn, not from where they want to yeah. go because I just want to get through the class. Yeah. Right. And it takes, there's a, you know, a shift that has to happen within them and their mindsets because they've experienced so many years of training of just that escapism yeah. yeah once we make that shift and people understand like oh i'm actually more engaged in this class because i do have to grade myself and uh you know i also do a lot of project-based stuff open-ended so they get a lot of choice in it mm. it's more responsibility requires more effort but once they experience the joy of developing their own ideas and their own creativity mm -hmm. right and having the freedom to do that knowing that like even if it doesn't work out perfectly, mm -hmm. they're not going to, you know, suffer in their, their grade from, from it, mm. right? And that the experience is more important than necessarily the end product. Yeah. Because we're in a class and it's a learning yeah. environment. I like that word joy. Yeah. Student anxiety is lower. Yeah. You know, around it. I mean, there's other things that I do in concert with it. It's not just I grade and like, hey, everything is yeah. a free anxious. for all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not that. I will say that for me in the ungrading practices, it just freed up a lot of time, attention, and energy to focus on the real work of crafting an experience that really allows students to learn. That's beautiful. That's a soundbite right there. <laughs> Let, what it, what, what's been like student feedback so far? I don't have quotes directly from my head, but in like the reflections, like, yeah. you know, folks dig it. Uh, I think I did a circle about a month ago and students unprompted were like, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think we should be grading. Like they, they were like. In school in general. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like they were, they were like saying that, you know, they, they were understanding the, the, the benefit of it. And, and you shed a tear. 
uh, I forget what the question was, but I basically was like, you know, I think I like raised my fist or something. Like, yeah. yeah, right on. I yeah. totally agree with you. I no why. doubt. <laughs> no doubt, man. So, well, that's inspiring, you know, especially as like a fellow teacher. Yeah. Wanting like the possibilities that can exist within a classroom if we can get curious enough to get outside the box a little bit yeah. and be, we be willing to take a risk, which is something we've talked about before on episodes. It's like, what, like, was it quarantine that gave you that initial like prompt to take the risk to try on grading or was it, what was it that was a tipping point for you? Quarantine was the tipping point. And but it was always building. Yeah. Uh, just because I mean I also was like doing. Um, I never really did traditional grading as far as like points and percentages. You know I did. Um, uh, I can't think of the term now. Something along the lines of like here's your the standard. Did you? Yeah. Reflect on it type thing. Yeah. Um, you know, rubrics highly proficient proficient. You know, standard-based grading. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. I don't think it's standard-based grading was like the the official term. I think there's another term I'm, I'm searching for right now. But tried all those and in all the ways to kind of work with it. And I think this ultimately it just, it just came down to the experience was I have less conversations with students about a letter and more conversations about an idea or a skill or something that mm. they're interested in. That's come up from the experience in the class yeah or even more conversations just about their lives yeah you know because they feel comfortable enough to to no share doubt. you know and because it's connecting to the journey yeah and yeah. like what do you have to give maybe all i have to give because of what's going on in my life and i have job or whatever is just like i can give a c so i'm going to come in give myself a c yeah I just had kind of an experience with a student where it's like, because it's seniors too, right? So yeah, this, yeah. this, And they're at that pivotal, like, all right, especially after the pandemic year and distance learning and all that stuff. And well, what if there's stuff more important to my life than school? Yeah. Right? And yeah, that's real. I, yeah, it's real. It's real to a, to a point, I think. Uh-huh. It's real to the point to like the individual that's saying it in their circumstances. Exactly. Right? Um, and I think... It's one thing to be like, yes, there's definitely things that can, I can, might be prioritizing over school in the moment, um, but also with the uh, acknowledgement that school is still important, I just have to take care of these things because of my situation mm -hmm. versus what some students do. What people do is I'm not doing well in this domain, so thus I'm going to devalue what it is to justify my choice to do something else. Mm -hmm. And then you're building that self-awareness for right. the process portfolio right right there. So how do you see ungrading connecting to systems thinking mm -hmm. and, quote, real life, you know? Mm -hmm. I think on a systems level, the question comes up like, well, what if we were all ungrading? If you didn't have grades, there's no reason to hold a student back. We're not doing a whole credit system. You get whatever the district, community, whatever can afford as far as like free education. That's your time. And then once that time is done, you're on to the next thing. Now, I have not met a student who doesn't want to feel competent in themselves, have some confidence to feel they can take care of themselves as 
they become adults. Yeah. If it can be said, you know, trauma aside, right, that all students want to feel that, want to learn, want to, want to be feel capable, mm-hmm. then what do we need a grading system for to enforce that? Yeah. To, to hold them in on it. We use that as the, well, if you don't do this, it'll affect your grade. We use it as a control thing. Right, right, right. But if we, again, kind of release that, you know, there's other components or whatever to, to let go of that. And now I'm thinking systems. It's like it, now it starts going into all these other like areas. But essentially, I think the role on grading plays is just recognizing that the control and the power always lies within the student and the learning is kind of an incubation period Mm. where we understand that the power that they have and we understand that if they get too much of it too soon they can do some real harm Mm -hmm. but we don't i don't think we do a service at least in today's world of trying to control their power yeah with arbitrary like standards Yeah, yeah 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 it's like if you want to be competent and if you want to feel confidence in yourself, then the skill of self-evaluation is key. Mm-hmm. The skill of motivation is key. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is key. So mm-hmm. my job doesn't stop. Okay, I turned in an assignment. I got a grade. Okay, I don't need to think about it myself anymore because mm-hmm. I think that's what happens, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, no, I, I did this work. Now reflect on the process. How mm-hmm. could I do it better? What did I do well? Yes. Right? Seek other people's input from perspective. From a from a learning standpoint, mm, right, growth oriented, right. So I think that's from a systems perspective, it shifts us towards the growth of our students, yes. and less from like the measurement, yeah, 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 of our students. I mean, I'm just seeing for future class 101, <laughs> just like what if over the course of high school you had the whatever grading system you had in elementary and middle and then from freshman to senior you gradually got used to ungrading system or whatever you you know whatever name i'm sure mm-hmm. names will come and go for it what if like you learn that self-awareness that self-evaluation the joy of learning the community you're getting feedback you're seeking feedback out you're making as many mistakes as you can to learn yeah. and to grow as a human being and that was the impetus yeah dang because then it kind of going in this whole idea of worth work. Yes. And like building worth is that we start to feel we don't have enough worth when we don't measure up to somebody else's expectations. Yes. And that's what it, the, our grading system does. And that's what creates all this anxiety. Yeah. Because students, Re- I, don't, I don't know rewind if I'm doing that. Enough. Rewind that. Listen to that again. <laughs> contemplate that marinate on that might be time for two bars right there yeah that might be a good (laughs) two bar break but yeah like that's man that's the the deep that's that's challenging for us as educators we're in our day-to-day you know survival mode oftentimes Mm -hmm. trying to get through the day and then we got you know grading on top of that but it's important just to stop reflect on the trajectory the hill that we're climbing yeah. What we're asking students to do and like what is like really worth it? What's really worth pursuing? What what is this human experience yeah. about? What do we want to draw out of it? Who are we becoming? I realized I didn't really speak on like the challenges with it. Yeah. And I would say the challenge. Yeah, let's end let's end with the challenges. You know, cause we talked about the beginning, getting into the messiness, the chaos yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I mean, and essentially that is it. It's the, with each student that I have, right, they have their own 
set of limitations and barriers that prevent them from engaging in the class mm-hmm. and trying to craft one experience that meets all those challenges is like messy and difficult. Yeah. And that's the, and that, you know, another episode, the art, right? Of like, yep. how do I create an experience that allows people to be a part of it and still feel connected to what we're doing, but have enough autonomy for them to do their individual work and feel like they can do their individual work. Because if they don't feel like they can do it, then they they disengage. Yeah. And this has always been the challenge, though. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, it's a challenge if you're grading or not. Right, right. And it's just by taking the ungrading, by doing ungrading, it's like, okay, now I'm focusing on it more and I'm seeing the more complexities in it. And then there's the urge to like go back to the simple solution of the power over and be like, well, how about for you? I actually do grade you. Yeah. You know, because if, they, I, if it's not, yeah. if they're not engaging, if they're not willing to, to uh, if I haven't created the conditions, right, for them to. They're not in a point in their life where they're ready to like take responsibility yeah. for their learning. Yeah. Then it's like, Interest. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, do I then for you? Right. Yeah. And then we get into whole other issues around like fairness and all that stuff. Those conversations, those kind of thinking things, like that's the, the challenge. Basically, it's just not forging ahead, even though there's not a lot of models for what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's people who are doing it. Don't get me wrong. Right. But because these are all different components, ungrading is just one component of what yeah. I do. It's right. I don't have a model for somebody like, oh, you teach exactly the way that I teach. I yeah. can just follow your lead. And- exactly. Do that. You're blazing your own trail. Yes. And I mean, back to the name of this podcast, Work Worth Podcast. Mm-hmm. This is work that's worth doing. Yes. Your heart's in it. 100%. So gems upon gems, my friends. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode. Tune yes. in next time as we uh, continue to probe the depths of worth work, creating the conditions to justice to emerge yeah. as educators. Cool. Yeah, this was fun. That was dope, man. I learned a lot.